You're listening to All Things Crime, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including The Murder in My Family, Missing Persons, DNA ID, Scene of the Crime, Three Men and a Mystery, and Zodiac Speaking. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Warning. All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. The amazing thing about you, and I have to say this with all sincerity, is that despite being a social magnet, I mean, I've I've been to CrimeCon and people, uh, between you and Carl Marino, you is like endless celebrities and Love Carlton. You guys are just like, <laughs> people are just like surrounding you, and it's it's obvious why. But uh, Cheryl is also an amazing crime scene investigator, and her ability to analyze a case, and just like what we were talking about at lunch, you know, just being able to sit there and say, okay, this is what happened. How do we help this investigation move forward? Or if this was our case, mm-hmm. what would we do with it? And I think that's one of the most fascinating things about what I've been trying to do with All Things Crime is when I talk to folks like you who have been in this game for a long time, mm-hmm. you've investigated, how many how many murders do you oh, think gosh, you've investigated? I, I have no idea. Being and it in, always fascinates me when people can give you a number. I, I can't give you a number. The thing that bothered me the most about the camping trip is from the 8th to the 11th, her family is calling them nonstop. Is Brian home? Have you seen Gabby? Have you heard from them? She's not picking up. She's not responding to text messages. They are so frantic by the 8th while they're sitting around having s'mores. I I cannot imagine ignoring another mama in that state. Mm. I just can't. I mean, if if my child is an hour late calling me back, if they say, I'm going to call you at 10, and now it's 11 o'clock, and they're not responding to me, going, hey, you good? That You start to panic then. I can't imagine days, days of that. Yeah, well, and especially knowing that they were all the way out in mm-hmm. Utah and... Um, where else are they? Wyoming. Yellowstone, Wyoming, yep. Montana yep. area. And yeah, for him, and I'm sure by then they knew mm-hmm. that he had shown up without her. And that, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that just really don't make any sense yeah. whatsoever. So sad. So, the whole thing is sad. Yes. And again, for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. So let's talk really quick okay. about... Uh, what we know about what happened in Moab. Okay. So from your perspective, 
mm-hmm. when they the Moab police, which is a tiny police force, by the way, if, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, Moab is a little, it's, it's almost like a resort town, uh, very, very busy during, uh, especially during the summers. It's right kind of down there by where all like Zion and Bryce National Park is. But if you have a four-wheel vehicle uh, and you like off-roading, that is the place to be. And, uh, you know, depending on what kind of festival and things, but there's also... Uh, we've gone river rafting down mm-hmm. there. There's all sorts of yeah. fun stuff. But, they were in some tremendous places. Yes. But the bottom line is, mm-hmm. Moab PD doesn't have a lot of resources. That, mm-hmm. is, that is actually a really small town. Right. So the, this couple comes rolling through, mm-hmm. and there's a, the police are called because there's a, an altercation mm-hmm. There's uh, an eyewitness reported. that calls in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so go from there. Well, the eyewitness says that he sees a man slapping a woman repeatedly in the face or head, describes the van, has the tag number, and then, you know, dispatch radios, hey, anybody in the area, there's a white van with a black ladder on the back. You know, there's been some type of physical altercation. And they spot the van, they pull the van over, and they go to the passenger side and immediately you know, they start speaking to Gabby first, and she's upset. You can see that she's, you know, nervous and upset, and, you know, Brian is driving, and, you know, he tends to just be like, oh, I'm sorry, officers, you know, everything's good here. And then it goes from there. They get her out of the car. They interview her and him separately, which is what they should have done, uh, immediately separate them and get each one of them's story. Um, Gabby admits to slapping him or hitting him in the face and causing, you know, some marks on his face. Um, He says he's kind of pushed her away and they, you know, we're not having a good morning and they've been fighting all day and, you know, they're both giving their account of what's happening. And at this point, there's four different officers there, I, I believe two from the National Park and two from Moab. And, uh, you know, the female officer stays with Gabby Gabby's allowed to call her parents. Um, they talk to Brian and they say, okay, you know, what happened? And he said, you know, she's OCD and sometimes she gets anxious and um, I just try to get us to separate for a while and go in different directions and everybody kind of calm down. And this goes on for an hour. So it's not like they spent 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they didn't get both sides of the story. And, you know, I think you can look at this video as a parent and it will just break your heart. You can look at this video from a law enforcement officer and, you know, they did some things right. I think they did some things that maybe in hindsight they wish they hadn't. Um, I think they tried to help two young people. I think they went out of their way to not put somebody in jail because it would have been her from her own admission. Um, I don't think they put the emphasis on the eyewitness like they should have. I think there's some things, if they go back and watch it, um, they missed it. Like one time, Brian says, I don't have a cell phone. Okay, he flat says he does not have a cell phone. (laughs) Then later, he's like, hey, can I get my cell phone and my charger? Right. Like, come on. You should have picked up on why would he lie to me about a cell phone? Why would he lie to me about anything? Um, you know, I wish they had asked early on who owns the van. 
If it's her van, why are you keeping her out of it? Why do you have the keys in your pocket right now? Hmm. You know, why is she having to climb in through a window? Were you trying to leave her? I got an eyewitness that says you slapped her more than one time. So, I mean, you know, and again, like you said at lunch, we could sit here and dissect that thing frame by frame. This was good. This was bad. This was bad. This is bad. Oh, this was really good. Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, when you're talking about the police academy being, you know, 14 to 16 weeks, most people have four hours of domestic violence training. Yeah. Four hours, Jared. But they're expected to be flawless in a developing event. Right. And, you know, of course, this isn't the only case where the armchair quarterbacking is just off the charts. But this wouldn't even be even noticeable if the ending had been different. Correct. You know, if they had both showed up in Florida and, you know, then had just gone on their way, Mm -hmm. none of us would have ever heard about any of this incident. Right. Which... And you can't predict domestic violence homicide. Right. I mean, you really can't. I, I think there's probably people that have known Brian for years they might have said he had a bad temper. We all know people with a bad temper. Right. They don't murder people. I have They're a just bad a hot. Temper. You had no idea, didn't <laughs> They're you? They're just a hothead, you know. But then there's other people you start to see this, is there something more going on with him? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he 23 and he doesn't have a full-time job? Mm-hmm. Why is he living with mom and dad? Why doesn't he have his own car? Um, why doesn't he have his own business like she's trying to do? So there may be some things there that, <laughs> the undercurrent was maybe clearer to people closer to him. So as a, d- a dad of daughters, I would look at them and say, why are you even remotely attracted to that guy? I'd say, good Lord, you could do better. But sometimes, uh, yeah. all right, that's a little side, side note there. So ladies, do not settle. Yeah. Well, you know, she's known him since high school. So sometimes... Yeah. You know, there's an old saying, people know you where they meet you. Mm-hmm. So to him, to her, he's always been that 17-year-old kid. I'm Mike Morford, and I've been researching the Zodiac case for years. Zodiac, just the name. It sounds sinister. It inspires fear. The fact that a serial killer would give himself this moniker is disturbing. He would go on to taunt police by sending letters and codes to newspapers for years. And the attacks... They were something else altogether. If you were a young couple in a secluded area, you could easily be a target. And it wasn't just shootings on dark lovers' lanes. Zodiac would even attack with a knife in broad daylight while wearing an executioner-style hood. After a while, Zodiac changed tactics, and even lone cab drivers weren't safe. The Zodiac killer terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area and then vanished. But he left a lot of clues behind along the way. Clues that we're going to examine closely on the new podcast, Zodiac Speaking. New episodes of Zodiac Speaking come out every other Saturday starting March 13, 2021. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. He never had a job. He never did for himself. So that probably didn't shock her. That's just Brian. you know. And he was the one that could take off and go with her because he didn't have a 40-hour week job. So do we have any idea how they were financing that trip? No, all I know is she did work. He, I think he did work some. And while they were living with his parents, my understanding was that's what they were doing was saving their money. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because but, uh, even the entrance into 
Yellowstone mm -hmm. National Park mm -hmm. is. Listen, everybody listening to us today, every vacation you ever take <laughs> is going to cost more than you think it's going to cost. <laughs> I mean, you got, oh, we got the plane tickets. Great. Oh, we got the all-inclusive place. Fabulous. You ain't thought about parking at the airport. You hadn't thought about the visa. You hadn't thought about, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need clothes for this, the clothes for that. You just, it costs money. It costs always more than you think. But they were on that trip. I think my daughter Caroline said it best. She said, you know, Mom, that trip, what it could have been and what it should have been. And to her, that was so tragic. I mean, those were basically the pictures you would have shown at their wedding. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. mean, they were in the most incredible places and all of her pictures were so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they were just gorgeous. If those pictures don't make you want to get in the car and go, then I can't help you. That's why I live there. Seriously. Yeah. And that's what we did at lunch. I was looking at all his pictures. I don't even know why he's in Georgia. We should have gone to him. It's just stunning. Anytime you you can even I know. We've got hang to. out with us. We just, got to go. Yeah, we got room. to it. So it's uh, until you've actually been there, mm -hmm. it is hard to describe. Now I've I've lived in the West most of my life, and I grew up in Idaho, and so I've been up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. um, and now I've lived in Utah for going on 15 years. And I'll tell you, like the Yellowstone area, until you've actually been there mm -hmm. and seen, like there's some waterfalls that are mm -hmm. borderline Niagara Falls, yeah. but <laughs> twice as high and yeah. just absolutely gorgeous. And In 2015, I took my children across the United States. We did the lower then the upper. Um, and I don't know what I was expecting. I was prepared for Montana because I had not been there. I was prepared for the Dakotas, which I love that whole area. Hmm. I was not prepared for Wyoming. It blew my mind. From the Snake River to the Tetons to Old Faithful, I was just like, how does everybody not come here? <laughs> and I was prepared for Old Faithful, but I had no idea there were hundreds more. Oh yeah. And it's just like, what? Yeah. It's, like it's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy. staggering. So awesome, awesome stuff. Well, hey. Um, I'm just so glad you're here. We're having a ball. Yeah. We may we not come home great... tonight. We got things. <laughs> we got we got plans. <laughs> my wife, uh, who's been watching my. My boys may have a problem with that. I'm sure. You know, she's, they're so adorable, but they are constant. <laughs> yes, they are active. So the twins are uh, almost twelve, and mm. the youngest just turned ten. And yes, they have some energy. My favorite series of photographs was like one day he's showing, oh, they're doing cartwheels off the sofa. Next day, they're in a football game. The next day, they're doing some kind of gymnastics in the house. And then the very next day, one of them's getting stitches. <laughs> I was like, that is fabulous. And that's that's what it is. There you yeah. go. No, there you go. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming. Oh. And thank you for helping with all the cases. And oh, my gosh. Pleasure what you're doing in South Georgia is just going to be amazing. And y'all wait for that. Yeah, we are excited about what's going to mm -hmm. go on in uh, Southeast Georgia now. So. Hey, Hira, PD. I pronounced that right, right? Hey, Hira. Hey, Hira. Sorry, I <laughs> screwed okay. it up again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I cannot get H-A. Well, comment below on how you would pronounce H-A-H-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-A-H-
H I R A. Hahira. Hey. Hey, Hira. Hey, Hira. Oh, my gosh. That's not how you spelled that way. That's a, that's a southern Phonetics thing. Phonetics don't mean nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> oh, well, in case you haven't noticed, hanging out with Cheryl McCollum is a ball. And I, I've, oh, I've just... I, I just love you. You are amazing. Well, I adore you too, honey. Well, and look, I got a blue light, so let's go have some fun. I'll get you to the airport, no problem. Oh, right on. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, the, the we can just leave the rental car here, right? Yes. Got it. <laughs> well, we're all of, what, 200 meters from the airport? Maybe. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, literally, the runway is right there. But, uh, the The amazing thing about you, and I have to say this with all sincerity, is that Despite being a social magnet, I mean, I've, I've been to CrimeCon, and people, uh, between you and Carl Marino, you is like endless celebrities. And Love Carl, too. You guys are just like, <laughs> people are just like surrounding you, and it's, it's obvious why. But uh, Cheryl is also an amazing crime scene investigator, and her ability to analyze a case and just like what we were talking about at lunch you know just being able to sit there and say okay this is what happened how do we help this investigation move forward or if this was our case mm -hmm. what would we do with it and I think that's one of the most fascinating things about what I've been trying to do with all things crime is when I talk to folks like you who have been in this game for a long time mm -hmm. you've investigated how many, how many murders do you oh, think gosh, you've investigated? I, I have no idea. Being and it always fascinates me when people can give you a number. I, I can't give you a number. Okay, well, yeah. Cloyd Steiger, for example, in Seattle. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Uh, what, 250 homicides over his 40-year career? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't seem like much. Oh, gosh, it does, too. <laughs> <laughs> but to an investigator, that's sure. a lot. That sure. is a lot. So. Yeah. But, it, you know, just being able to pick up little things mm -hmm. and just say, you know what, uh, I would have missed that. But and a, a professional like you, you catch it. And that's uh, well, I hope so. That's what experience <laughs> uh, gives you. But again, I have a great team because if I'm going to miss it, I guarantee you the three coming behind me will not. Yeah. So. Well, and that's, that goes, I think, circles back to our original point is that if you don't uh, yes. have multiple eyes looking at it, or even if you don't have the right eyes Amen. looking at it, yep. then you know, reach out to somebody and get the help that you need because every victim deserves justice. And the only way these victims are going to get the justice is if they have the investigative team behind the crime that is going to actually solve it. Amen. And no question. Yes. Okay. Awesome, <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you all so much. Okay. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day.